One of the things that stops small business owners from creating marketing content consistently is this feeling of being uninspired, of having no idea what to say in the first place. If you can relate to this, you are in good company. So many of us struggle with knowing what our marketing content should actually be about. But I am here to help. I have come up with 100 prompts that you can use to guide your marketing from your social media posts to your emails to your longer form content. I guarantee that these prompts will get you inspired and that you'll have more ideas than you even know what to do with. You can download this list of 100 marketing prompts for free at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 100 prompts. That's makinggoodpodcast.com slash 100-P-R-O-M-P-T-S. Welcome back to Making Good, the podcast for small businesses who want to make a big impact. I'm your host, Lauren Tilden, and this is episode 17. Today's episode was supposed to be about how I manage business finances, my money. I use a strategy called Profit First, based on the book Profit First by Mike Michalowicz. This philosophy is kind of the business equivalent of the personal finance concept, pay yourself first. It's awesome, and I love it, and I will do an episode on it. But when I got myself ready to record, I just wasn't feeling it. And this is one of the beautiful things about being a small business owner that I encourage you to lean into. Be kind to yourself. Sometimes you wake up and for whatever reason, what you have on your plate just doesn't sit right with you. Sometimes what we need is to just give ourselves a break and follow what we feel called to do in the moment. I could have talked about profit first today, but I just didn't have the right energy to bring to the table. And I know that when I do do the episode on Profit First, it will be a lot better than if I'd forced myself to do it today. When you work for yourself, you're your own boss. So be a good boss. So instead of business finances, today we're talking about one of the subjects that I love, love, love the most, and that is marketing. And specifically, I'm answering some of your marketing questions. I put out a poll to find out which questions related to marketing you have, and I got some great ones. I've pulled a bunch of them to answer here today. So let's get into the first question. LinkedIn, should you use it? Should you be on it? This is so interesting. I come from the corporate world where LinkedIn is the main platform used in a business setting. And then when I left the corporate world, I happily downgraded my LinkedIn account from LinkedIn premium to the regular standard account and stopped logging in, thinking that I'd left the universe where LinkedIn would be relevant to me. But you know what's interesting? When you Google my name, Lauren Tilden, the first thing that comes up is the website of a fine artist whose name is also Lauren Tilden, not me. And the second thing that comes up is my LinkedIn profile. I will also say that despite being out of the corporate world since 2017, I have not broken the habit of using LinkedIn as kind of a validator, meaning when I come across leaders who I'm interested in following or investing with, I usually look them up on LinkedIn to get a sense of their story and make sure they're legit. I recently listened to an episode of the Jasmine Star Show about LinkedIn, which I will link to in the show notes. And Jasmine's guest was a member of LinkedIn's advisory board, Marcus Murphy. He made a point that blew my mind. On Instagram, the average organic reach is 4%, meaning 4% of your followers will see your content. On LinkedIn, it's 40%, 40, meaning 40% of your LinkedIn followers will see your content. Another thing he said was that, yes, people do tend to go overly professional on their LinkedIn pages, 
but this gives you an awesome opportunity to stand out. Great photos with storytelling instead of resumes. I'm not an expert on LinkedIn marketing at all, um, and especially not for the small and creative business world. But my assessment is that at minimum, LinkedIn is a very important and very powerful tool for establishing your personal brand. So yes, you should definitely have a profile. But how much effort you need to put into it, aside from maintaining a quality, accurate, and up-to-date profile and connecting with who you know, I don't know. I do literally nothing on my LinkedIn, but it still ranks second for my name, which is not a super uncommon name. So file this question under something I'm super interested in learning more about. But in the meantime, I definitely recommend the episode that I mentioned on the Jasmine Star Show podcast, which I will link into the show notes. And hopefully you'll hear more about this topic soon on this podcast. The next question is, do mailing lists really work? Um, yes. <laughs> Pretty much no matter what kind of business you have, who you are, yes. I kind of want to just leave this question at that for impact, but I won't. Let's start with a well-established piece of data, which is that statistics show your reach is four times better on email than on social media. So let's do the math on this. Let's say I have 1,000 followers. If 4% of my Instagram audience sees my post, which is fairly average, 40 of my followers will see each piece of content I release. Let's say those same 1,000 people were my email list subscribers. I'd reach four times that number of people, so 16% of my audience, which is 160 people. That's a very material difference. And can I just say that if you do your email marketing well, you'll reach way, way, way more than 16% of your audience. I know that I do. So why do people resist email marketing? Well, it takes a little bit more upfront work than social media. Social media is kind of plug and play. It's ready to go. You create your username and you're in business. Email marketing takes a little bit more. You have to set up an account, figure out who's hosting it, figure out what kind of emails you're going to send, format them, determine how to get people to sign up for your list. But it's worth the effort. Another statistic worth sharing about email marketing is that a study recently showed that for every $1 spent on email marketing, $38 were generated. I will take that ratio. For more on email marketing, check out episode 15 of this podcast, which also comes with a handy checklist to get you started. Makinggoodpodcast.com slash email 101. The next question is, what's the most effective platform? I have a two-part answer here. First, email. Email is powerful. If you're not convinced, email me, but you should definitely focus on email marketing. And second, wherever your audience is. For a lot of us in the creative small business world, that's Instagram. For some of us, it might be Facebook groups. For some, it might be TikTok. The way to answer this question is to get really, really, really clear on your target audience and really get to know them. Where do they spend their time? What social media do they use? What times are they online? Do they use Pinterest? Are they in Facebook groups? Are they on Reddit or other online forums? Wherever they are, those platforms are going to be most effective for you. Next question is, what's the difference between marketing and promotion? This is a really great question and one that will help me make a point that I love to make. Promotion is marketing communication related to educating and persuading your audience on a product or service. This is one piece of marketing, and it's really just a small slice of the pie when it comes to what your marketing should be focused on. 
Marketing is about communicating to your target audience what you have to offer them. And there's a lot more to marketing than trying to persuade them to buy your product. Marketing is building trust. Marketing is telling your story. Marketing is establishing an easily identifiable brand. Marketing is your customer's experience of your product or service. Marketing is all the ways that you make their life better, even and maybe even especially when they don't pay for it. When it comes to your marketing communications, only about 10 to 20% of what you say and share should be promotion. The rest of it should be about adding value, serving your audience, and getting to know them better. I love this question so much, and I'm inspired to do a fuller episode on it. But for now, if you are interested in this topic, check out episode four of this podcast, which provides an overview of the small business marketing landscape. That episode also comes with a download, which you can grab at makinggoodpodcast.com slash marketing map. The next question is, what's necessary and what's fluff? I love this question and not necessarily because I have a good answer, but because it implies something really important. Some things are necessary and some things are fluff. A lot of the things you're going to hear people telling you to do are fluff, perhaps even me at times, although I will genuinely try not to. So how do you know what's necessary and what's fluff? You ask yourself these questions. Is this activity moving me toward my goals? Is this helping me have the impact I want to make? How does this help or serve my audience? What's necessary and what's fluff are going to be different for everyone. But fluff doesn't actively move you toward your goals. It doesn't help you make an impact and it doesn't serve your audience. So at this point, you might be asking, how do I know what moves me toward my goals, helps me make an impact and serves my audience? And this is so important. You have to dig in. You figure out a way to answer these questions. You look at your stats and your engagement. You figure out what topics resonate with your audience. You see where your audience engages with you. And then you talk to your audience. You ask them what they like. What do they want? What would make your product more helpful to them, more appealing to them? What pain points could you help them with? If you're doing a business activity because it creates results and impact, it's necessary. If you're doing a business activity because someone told you to, because it's how other people in your industry do it, or because you've always done it that way, but you don't have any evidence that it's actually leading to sales and impact, it might be fluff. I think this is such a great reminder that we should periodically run everything we do in our business through some of these questions to make sure that we're actually spending our time on the things that matter. If this topic is interesting to you, go and listen to episode 14 of this podcast with Mariah Tomkinson of Bloom Hustle Grow. She is brilliant and had some great ideas on how to determine what is worth spending your time on. Okay, so the last question we have today is, do you have any systems for efficiency and focus? Yes, I do. And in fact, as I prepare my thoughts on these answers, I am using them. Marketing is a lot about content creation. It's sitting down and filling an empty calendar, writing a marketing piece or something for social media. In other words, it's a lot of facing the dreaded blank screen. I have two productivity hacks that never fail on me, and I am talking never. The first is that I use the Pomodoro method. This is based on the little old school Pomodoro tomato shaped kitchen timer that you might have had in your kitchen growing up. But the premise is simple. First, you set a timer for 25 minutes. Then you work for that 25 minutes without changing tasks. And then when the timer goes off, you give yourself a five minute break. 
Why does this work? I really don't know. But part of it for me is that when I get the itch to do something off topic during my 25 minutes, I know that I can get to it when my 25 minutes is up. It's not this endless day of trying to keep myself in line. It's just 25 minutes at a time, which is super doable. My other tip is control what you hear. What we hear has so much power, and unfortunately, sounds have a really uncanny ability to yank us out of focused work. I use a tool called Focus at Will to work in 25-minute spurts with a soundtrack of music and sounds that are scientifically optimized for productivity. That's called Focus at Will, and I'll link to it in the show notes. I've been using it for years, and I have the lifetime membership. I don't get a kickback if you sign up. I'm not an affiliate. I just really love it that much. It has a free trial, and then it's a low monthly fee. But you don't have to pay for something like this. You can go on YouTube or Spotify and look for music for productivity. In fact, there are some tracks from Focus at Will on Spotify if you want to get a feel. I'll link to some playlists. Overall, I want to say this. If you often have times where you sit down and you just get nothing done, do not feel bad. This is completely normal, and we all have more of those days and moments than we'd like to admit. But it is something you can pull yourself out of, so give these methods a shot. All right, that's what I have for you today. Did you like this Q&A style episode? Let me know on Instagram by messaging me over at Making Good Podcast. As always, you can find the details and resources and links mentioned in this episode on the website at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 17. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love for you to leave me a rating and review. If this is your first time tuning in and you're interested in hearing more about my businesses, check out my plant-inspired stationery company, Good Sheila, at goodsheila.com, or the Seattle retail shop, Station 7, at stations7seattle.com. Thank you for being here and for focusing on making a difference with your small business. Talk to you next time. Bye.